You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. An ISIS rival in jihad joins the information war in Syria. Onion Dog hits Korean infrastructure. The deniable cyber attack on Ukraine's power grid may have been designed to consolidate Russia's hold on the Caucasus. We take a look at ransomware and DDoS incidents, and more children's toys and games prove vulnerable to cyber mischief. The Apple DOJ dispute is proving to have some interesting technical ramifications. And if you were robbed, would you friend the perp on Facebook to inspire remorse? A store owner in rural Manitoba did, and it worked. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Thursday, March 10th, 2016. Another branch of al-Qaeda, the Caucasus Emirate, takes the field in Syria and begins posting video in competition with its ISIS rivals in jihad. The U.S. continues to work toward making good on its promise to take the fight to ISIS in cyberspace and quiet conversations with tech companies on their potential contributions to information operations continue. 360 Sky Eye Labs says that a threat actor they're calling Onion Dog has been stealing information from the energy, transportation, and other infrastructure industries of Korean-language countries. That would seem to be a circuitous way of saying that the target is South Korea. There's no attribution, but some of the command and control appears to be located in the Republic of Korea itself. Patient zero for cyber warfare waged against infrastructure remains, of course, the power grid in western Ukraine. Observers see this as the cyber equivalent of the Green Man, the plausibly deniable militias that operate in the Russian interest during that country's encroachments into the near abroad. An interesting note in Defense One suggests that the rolling blackouts had a Clausewitzian connection to Russia's larger immediate goal of consolidating its hold on Ukraine's Crimean region. If Crimea gets its power from Russia as opposed to Ukraine, that advances Russian interests in the region. The Mac ransomware Key Ranger has now been analyzed and assessed by Bitdefender and others as a variant of the Linux encoder malware identified by Dr. Webb last November. A Ponemon study claims that healthcare organizations are subjected to an average of a hack a month. The most famous recent attacks have been ransomware incidents infecting hospitals in Westfalen and California. The strain of ransomware implications in these attacks, Lockheed, continues to circulate, steadily increasing its share of this criminal market. We spoke with the University of Maryland's Jonathan Katz about the ransomware incident at Hollywood Presbyterian, the hospital that paid extortionists $17,000 to recover access to its systems. We'll hear from him after the break. Children's toys and games continue to be vulnerable points of entry into home networks and families' lives. The Wi-Fi-enabled toy LeapFrog appears to be susceptible to attacks that leverage Adobe Flash weaknesses. And the popular online game Minecraft is the subject of a BBC story that would strike fear into any parent's heart. 
not only adware and hijack searches, but what the BBC calls grubby ads for aspiring Russian mail-order brides. Download mods or add-ons for Minecraft with extreme caution, especially those offered by third parties. Improperly configured TFTP sites are being used for reflection DDoS attacks, a team of researchers at Napier Edinburgh University report. DDoS remains popular among cyber criminals and hacktivists. We spoke with Carrero's Dave Larson about ways of dealing with denial-of-service attacks. A distributed denial-of-service implies that the only concern is availability, and if the attack traffic is not causing you an outage, uh, many enterprises wrongly assume that their defenses or their posture or whatever is sufficient to the task. The reality of it is some of that DDoS traffic may actually be probing and looking for vulnerabilities in the environment. It it may actually be masking actual breach activity that you don't even realize is taking place. People need to think about this as a security vector, not just an availability problem. And if they were to look closely at their environment uh, and see the amount of what looks like innocuous traffic, you know, low-level DDoS ephemeral vectors that are coming in and out of the network periodically. Uh, there's no reason that we should be comfortable with a low-level background noise of what otherwise is a malicious vector. Just because you're staying up through it doesn't mean you should tolerate it in your environment. Uh, and I think people need to be you know, a little bit more aware of that, uh, particularly if they have assets that need to be protected in the form of personally identifiable information, health records, banking information, etc., Carrero has a white paper for hosting providers on DDoS protection at their website, Carrero.com. The case of the jihadist's county-issued iPhone continues to affect the cybersecurity sector. Cothority, a project working toward preventing backdoored software updates, has offered to help Apple ensure that any backdoors installed in response to secret court orders would become public. The approach Cothority advocates is decentralizing the signing process. Other security experts suggest that the FBI might try to chip off the phone, but this method of hardware attack is delicate, often fails, and can result in permanent loss of data. Apple itself continues its public dispute with the Department of Justice, as the company's senior vice president of software engineering warns that knuckling under to the request for government OS would cause security to lose ground in its arms race with hackers. And finally, a thief's digital remorse results in an arrest. A store owner in Gimli, Manitoba, found his window smashed and some watches taken. He posted surveillance footage of the break-in to Facebook, succeeded in identifying the culprit, and then sent the burglar a friend request. The humane gesture so touched the crook's heart that he turned himself in, saying in extenuation and mitigation that he was intoxicated at the time. The Mounties warn you, however, that you'd best leave digital law enforcement to the pros. Oh, Canada. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.
Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. I'm joined once again by Jonathan Katz. He's a professor of computer science at the University of Maryland. He's also director of the Maryland Cybersecurity Center, one of our academic and research partners. Jonathan, uh, recently in the news, we had the situation with Hollywood Presbyterian Hospital. They were hit by ransomware. What's your take on that attack? I think it's a particularly scary attack because it, in this case, right, the um, people who wrote that malware were able to uh, not exactly shut down, but they were able to seriously affect the operations of a major hospital for about a week uh, to the point where ultimately the hospital decided it was better off for them to pay the ransom and get uh, recover access to their data rather than try to recover it using some other means. And I think this is particularly chilling because in a case like this, you could actually have lives on the line. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you had uh, all kinds of data that was encrypted, including patient medical records, and you could have somebody uh, coming in and trying to get access to the records for some operation or procedure that they were doing and uh, being unable to do that. And uh, it also meant that they were unable to communicate with doctors and with uh, nurses the way they had been doing before. Uh, and really it threw them back about, about 30 or 40 years, I guess, in terms of what they were able to do and how efficiently they could do it. How can organizations like this protect themselves against this sort of ransomware attack? Well, fundamentally, there are, there are two things here. The first is uh, being infected in the first place. Um, I don't think we know for sure yet uh, how this hospital was infected, uh, but more likely than not, it seems it was the result of some kind of a phishing attempt where a user ultimately was tricked into clicking on uh, some malicious link, which caused this malware to be downloaded and then installed and run on, the, on their computers. So, uh, as usual, it comes down to uh, education of the end user uh, and trying to uh, make sure that they know to identify potentially malicious links and not to click on anything like that. Uh, of course, it also calls for maybe better protection of the systems themselves so that downloading malware like that would perhaps only infect that one user's computer rather than the entire network. Uh, then on the other side, there's the recovery issue. And really what this highlights is the importance of having backups of all your data. And if the hospital uh, were regularly backing up their data, say, uh, every night, then they may have lost one day of data, but they would have been able to recover and uh, perhaps not had to pay the ransom in this case. And there are people actively working on uh, on cracking these ransomware encryption schemes, right? Uh, there are, and there have been cases in the past that are kind of interesting, actually, where the people who wrote this uh, ransomware actually did a bad job with the crypto, and the crypto could be broken directly uh, without having to pay the ransom. Uh, I think that people, uh, the malware writers, have learned from that, and I would only assume that in this particular case, the encryption was not crackable, and so they had to pay the ransom. Jonathan Katz, thanks for joining us. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. 
say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With identity orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks, migrate from one IDP to another, and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? You can try it for free today. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire to share your biggest identity challenge, and they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hey all, Rick here. At N2K Cyberwire, we're dedicated to continuously improving the quality of the news and commentary on our network. That's why we're inviting you to participate in our 2024 audience survey. It only takes a few minutes, and your feedback is invaluable. Plus, you'll have the chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card as a thank you for your time. Head on over to cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey to share your feedback now.